Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the first full episode of Good Company with Leah Cotton and Stephanie Batstone. Leah and Stephanie are business partners, successful entrepreneurs, and moms who enjoy learning through the experiences and successes of other women. And that's really what this podcast is all about. Conversations with interesting women reflecting on their roads to success and hopefully inspiring you with new thoughts and ideas on your own road to success. I'm Steve Warren, and today for the first episode of Good Company, we'll be learning through Leah and Stephanie, our fine hosts. And uh, Leah and Stephanie, it's great to be with you again. How are you both today? Great. Doing great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Steve. It's the first full episode. Pretty exciting. And I was thinking introductory ep- episodes aren't much good without introductions. So we did touch on it. We kind of scratched the surface in our trailer. But mm-hmm. let us start with your backgrounds today. And uh, Leah, let's begin with you finding out a little bit about you and uh and your path to this point in your life. So I, where do I start? I don't know. I mean, how do I make this interesting? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I'm originally from the East Coast, grew up in a small uh, rural town. I can't even call it a town, maybe a village in uh, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, right on the ocean. Um, idyllic childhood, really, one of five kids, right smack dab in the middle, which is a whole different conversation, I suppose. (laughs) Um, Grew up playing a lot of sports, uh, a lot of competitive sports, which I I only mentioned because I think it really influences kind of where I am today and how I approach things like leadership, right, and teamwork and what have you. I left Nova Scotia to do my uh, my undergraduate uh, in at, at Queens in Kingston, Ontario, uh, and then went on to Toronto to do a postgrad, um, and that's where I started my my professional career. Really, spent ten years in Toronto working with a number of uh, smaller boutique communications and government relations firms, uh, and then found my way to to one of the one of the giants, I would say, in the space, and uh, and started my family around that time. Uh, towards the latter uh, part of my time in Toronto. And then I found myself with an opportunity to move closer to family and to Ottawa. And uh, I've been in Ottawa for probably the last uh, uh, 10 or 12 years um, and have just, just uh, decided to make the move uh, to migrate back east with with my family, which uh, uh, we'll see. We're still uh, um, middle middle move. I feel like I'm... Uh, from pillar to post at this point, but that's, that's in a nutshell. I'm a mom of three boys. Uh, again, probably another conversation right there. Um, uh, an 11 year old, an eight year old and a 13 month old. Oh boy. Yeah. A little gap in there. How have they handled this move? Well, so far so good. We haven't, we haven't really dug into the whole starting and a new school piece yet. Right. Um, but I anticipate they'll do okay. The 11 year old of course is, uh, is the one we'll be watching closely, you know, missing friends and, and what have you. But so far, so good. We'll see. Okay, good stuff. Okay, let's uh, shift it over to you, Stephanie. Same question. Let's get to know sure. Stephanie Batstone. Sure. So, you know, our beginnings are very similar, just different parts of the country. Um, I'm originally from Saskatchewan, and I grew up in an agricultural community uh, right in between Regina and Moose Jaw in southern Saskatchewan. I grew up on a farm. The working farm. Uh, the community is is called Pence, Saskatchewan. They were one of the contenders for Craft Hockeyville last Ooh, year, but nice. unfortunately <laughs> lost to an East Coast town. Of course they did, <laughs> as, as happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, very small town, and and like like couldn't I don't think it does actually uh, qualify as a town. It, it's uh, less than five hundred people. 
Um, and, and so, you know, much like Leah, what, what were the big influences of that, that growing up like that, it was really that farming culture, number one, you know, wide open spaces, um, and a lot of sport. And so all of us, that was all there was to do in a little town of 500 people. And that, that really does influence kind of your path in a big way and, and how to, how to work with people, how to, how to play on teams. Um, and even small town life, I think, you know, that's a huge influence on me, you know, just the idea that not everyone is the same in your circle. Your circle is, you're born into your circle. You don't choose it in a small town. Um, and so you end up being, uh, friends with very diverse people. And I find now in our lives, we, we kind of, we, we find people that are very much similar to us, right? And it's a, it's a big difference, and I think it has a big influence. Um, I did leave there to go to university, um, as many people did uh, in the early 90s. Um, you know, it was, a, it was tough years in Saskatchewan, drought and poor, poor pricing and, and agricultural products and uh, tough, tough years. So a lot of us left at that time. We were called Saskatchewan refugees uh, in the neighboring province of Alberta, which was booming as usual. And, uh, and I went to started my university there and really with this view that I was going to end up in the oil and gas sector, uh, you know, taking a bachelor of commerce degree and an economics degree at the same time. And that was really where I thought I was going to end up. And then I, I got an opportunity to come to Ottawa on a co-op work term and work for the federal government. Um, and, and I took it and it was only supposed to last for eight months. Um, but it didn't. I, I mean, I, I came and I, I remember the first day, you know, the, they said to me, it sounds like you're really interested from your interview. It sounds like you're really interested in agriculture policy, which of course I was. And, but unfortunately we don't have a job for that in you. You're going to be working in defense procurement. And so there started my, my current career in defense procurement. Um, and, and I stayed after that co-op work term. I actually finished my degree at Ottawa university, um, and, uh, finished it in economics and then worked for the, for the federal public service for many years, um, until I decided to leave and, uh, and go off on my own. I didn't actually leave for a job in the private sector. It was more to leave, you know, to, to do some consulting and, and see where that could potentially take me. Well, that's, uh, that's quite a path for sure. And, uh, and I do see some parallels in hearing both of your backgrounds, even though you come from different parts of the country. So um, maybe Leah will go to you. How did you two meet for the first time? And how long was it before you decided that uh, we need to get in business together? Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting story, actually. I was working for a big consulting firm, uh, and I was leading the development of a without getting overly technical, a certain portion of this bidder's proposal to government, a uh, very niche uh, area that Stephanie and I now um, uh, support our clients in, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, I was leading this for a big consulting firm, and I kind of put my hand up internally and said, I, I just can't do this on my own. It's too big. It's too much. Uh, and and Stephanie was the individual that the, that the company brought in to, uh, to support um, on the project. And I hadn't met Stephanie. I'd heard of her all good things, of course, but I uh, had never met her. Um, and, and really, I only bring that up because the project was so big uh, that really it, it required us to spend every waking hour um, 
um, on it. And, and Stephanie and I were, we like to joke about the fact that we were, you know, locked in a room, a small room together, working on this proposal day in and day out. And it was, uh, the worst thing that the company could possibly have done because it didn't actually take all that long. You know, you say, Steve, how long, uh, it was only a matter really of, of, of a few months of working together and getting to know each other, um, really, really quickly, you know, and, 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 and an in-depth kind of way, because we had to depend on each other in such a big way to, to pull this uh, proposal together. Um, and it wasn't long before we just started chatting about, you know, the changes in industry and, and our expertise and how complementary they were and really tugging on exactly what you've highlighted, our similarities and, and um, you know, we, I, I'd like to think we both retained a lot of those small town values and the importance of bringing those values to work. And, um, so, so needless to say, I mean, we, we, we got along like a house on fire and, and just determined, you know, we would be better off given again, the, the state of the market and the opportunity that was out there and the niche, um, nature of, of the work that we were doing that, that, um, we would be better off doing it on our own. Um, and we tested that a little bit, of course. Um, but, I mean, we've never looked back, really. I mean, we left. We completed the project that we were working on together. Uh, we left, and and the rest is history. The other similarity was that we were, you know, a similar age and women, right, with similar sort of uh, ages of our kids. You know, we had young families. We had all of these things. And we were, we were moving into a really male-dominated industry, Um, And so, you know, it's both of us kind of looking at each other and saying, you know, most people looking in from the outside wouldn't expect that Leah and Stephanie could do it, right? They're just, we're not ex-generals. We don't, we're not ex-military. We're not the typical defense, uh, you know, executive or, you know, corporate type. Um, We don't look the same. We don't talk the same. Um, But we knew we could. And, and we kind of saw the future changing and, you know, decided we love this, let's do it. And it doesn't really matter if we look different, you know, because we are, you know, we're very confident in who we are, where we come from and what we can accomplish. And I think that was a big part of it as well. Just being at mm-hmm. that same stage in life, both of us really ready to dig into our careers, given where our families were at and everything else. I think that was a, a, a major part of our connection at the beginning and, and what ended up in a, in a really solid business partnership. Mm-hmm. So Leah is defense procurement. You've been doing it for a while now. This has been a business. Um, is it something that is making you happy? Is it something that you feel has been a great move for you? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, most days. Most days. Maybe not yeah. every day. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said it. It did every day. Um, no, absolutely. I think I think in short, it's incredibly fulfilling for all the reasons that Stephanie has just highlighted, right? I mean, we had so many naysayers at the beginning, people that overtly said, It'll never last. You can't build a business on that. Um, and I, I mean, I think that drove us in a big way in the beginning. Um, it fueled our, our growth. And I think just, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a ride, right? And so I think, I can't speak for you, Stephanie, but we've talked about this so often. I mean, it's so fun to build something. Uh, it's it's fun. It's a roller coaster, but the ups and, and downs when you have a strong partner and you're, you see the potential and you realize that potential. I mean, it's incredibly fulfilling um, and it does start to impact, you know, as much as it impacts your profess- professional path, it starts to impact your personal path as well. Right. Because it's your 
baby. You know, it, it's something that you're invested in and, and not just personally, but again, your, your family's become invested in it. Um, so yeah, is it fulfilling? Uh, absolutely. Am I happy? Most days I would say. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's been, it's been quite a ride. It's a male dominated industry, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Stephanie is, you know, are there days where you kind of have to roll your eyes a little bit and move on to the next thing? <laughs> I, I, cause I got, I got to imagine that sometimes it becomes a challenge when you're picking up the phone or meetings with someone and you have, I don't for about lack of a better term, a gender bias of some kind. Yeah. Um, is that a challenge for you sometimes? Yeah. I mean, it, it's absolutely, it's absolutely something that we're aware of, you know, and, and I don't think you could talk to many women who work in industries like ours to say that they're not aware of the gender bias in the room. It's not always there from every person. And I think that's, you know, Lee and I get into a lot of conversations about that, you know, we'll be condescended to in a certain situation and think, okay, well, is that because, of something we did? Is that because we put off the wrong, you know, and and we'll go through and do that analysis. And at the end of the day, you gotta no. you know what, if we were a man, we wouldn't have been condescended to in that scenario. We know it, right? right? We know it. And women know that when we're in these rooms, we know that. And so, you know, what do you do to overcome that? And I think, you know, you, you look for allies, um, male allies, especially in a, in a male dominated field and, and female allies as well. And you help other women to do the exact same thing. Um, and you know, it's a matter of deciding for yourself what you're going to point out, what you're willing to take and what you're willing to use the work to overcome. So I think Lee and I were very aligned on that. We're not going to stand up in a meeting room probably and say, you just said that because I'm a woman, you know, we're not going to do that. But what we're going to do is we're going to outwork and we're going to outsmart and we're going to outplay. And that's, that's how we overcome it. And, and that's our plan to overcome it in the long term. And that's not a short term game. That's a long term game. So are you finding success in that area? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think so. I think we see it less. And I think as women, as you kind of get more experienced, more mature, um, you get more years behind you, you see it less, right? You, you don't actually experience it in the same way you do when you're a young woman. And now we have young women on our staff and we're very conscious of that as well, putting them in the right situations for success, um, making sure that if they're feeling that gender bias in any way that they can come and talk to us about it talk about ways to deal with it, talk about ways to overcome it, um, that, that type of thing. But I, I think we do find success in that. I mean, I think overall we are respected. I think there are people that will always be able to use a bias of any kind against a company or a person. Um, those aren't really our target audience for success, right? I mean, really, I think when we're in rooms now, we've proven ourselves over five to six years here in in what it is we're doing. And that's our goal. We'll continue to prove ourselves. And I think the prospect of motivating change in the space is exciting, right? I mean, like like Stephanie said, it's not always overt. It's not even always intentional. It's just there. It's a bias, right? And so it's 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 really motivating to see the change happening, even generationally, you know, as we hire young women and we see them come in with different expectations or more confidence perhaps than we had when we started. Um and I, I just find that I find it's changing slowly and to be a part of that change 
is is really really exciting right but it's also the genesis of this podcast in some ways right as we started talking about the importance of building a female network um, I would say at the outset and Stephanie I don't know if you agree but I would say at the outset of of NIRAD of, of the company I was really focused on being respected as a business leader, as a business owner, and not a woman. And I would say as I've grown in my position, I'm more focused perhaps on building that female network for support. Um, and and maybe maybe not more so, but at least equally so focused on on being respected as a female leader and you know inciting change and and being a part of that change. And and I think there's so many things that only women can appreciate uh, because they can recognize some of the stuff that Stephanie has talked about um, and they've experienced before, you know, they've experienced some of this stuff before and there's, mm-hmm. there's real comfort in that. Right. And so uh, I'd say that's a big part of why we, we look to, to start the podcast. I mean, really building our, our female network yeah, professionally, absolutely. but also personally. This path to the success that you're on right now probably would be a whole lot easier if you know you're single and and no kids. Uh, that's got to be a, such a challenge uh, to start a company like this with all the things. And, and, and I'll go to you on this one to start, Leah, because right now you're dealing with a move on top of everything else, the three kids, uh, a family. Yeah. Um, how do you find the time to do all the things you need to do in a day while starting a company. It's not just a nine to five job. It's starting a company. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to say it's easy, Um, but it's, it's really not. But I think that's another message that I think we, uh, well, something we talk about all the time and something we want people and certainly women to hear is that it's not easy. And sometimes it looks easy for some. It's really, it's really not. And that's okay. Um, I think we're part of a generation where, there's an expectation of us to be all things to all people. And I think while, you know, some of our mentors and, you know, perhaps our parents' generation meant well by saying things like you can be anything, um, what's resulted, I think for our generation is we believe that we can be anything, we can do anything, but Oh, also you have to remember these expectations of, you know, this is what it means to be a good mother. And this is what it means to be a good friend, or this is what it means to be uh, just even a woman. Right. And so um, it's not easy and managing that and, and giving yourself permission to, um, to let people down is, is probably a big part of it. Um, prioritizing things, uh, really understanding what's, what's, you know, critical and what's important and um, what have you, I think becomes a, a big part of yeah. our day to day. I'm sure you'd agree, Stephanie. Um, but I think also the partnership is a big part of that too, right? I mean, I lean on Stephanie probably even more than she leans on me. She won't say that, but um, <laughs> it's probably true, uh, especially right now because we are going through a move and there's been so much, so much change uh, in my life recently. So, um, I think it's day to day in some ways, uh, and that's okay. Uh, it's also what makes it exciting. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Steph, what would you well, add to that? I, I think there's a blend between the business, family, work life, home life, you know, everybody talks about balance and there's this idea that that exists and that it exists in some perfect way that from these hours you focus on work and these hours you focus on your children and these hours you focus on Mm -hmm. your husband and these hours you focus on your home. And 
<laughs> when are those hours? No, that, <laughs> those hours don't exist. But you know, it, it's not it's not about breaking it apart. I think at some point, but both Lee and I have found, and we've talked about it a lot, that it's about actually pulling them all together. So I involve my kids in the business of NIRAD. You know, they read all of the defense trade magazines. They look at the pictures. They think it's so cool. Two boys, they love it. They they talk about, oh, that's not your client, mommy. That's the other guys that are that are bidding against your client. You know, like they know what's what. And so involving them in understanding the business uh, that we do helps them to understand when maybe they're not the priority in that hour, right? Like, uh, you know, mommy's got a client call, so I can't do this. So you know, if you've got a question, you got to go to dad or you got to wait an hour. Um, that allows that balance. So the kids don't resent you, right? When you're, you know, why, why does little Johnny's mommy get to go to all the soccer games, <laughs> you know? And, and it's just that understanding and expectation, like Leah said, setting that expectation by bringing everyone into the business. And then also that real expectation of this is the work week, doesn't exist for us, right? I work on Sundays. I work mm -hmm. Friday nights. I work Monday mornings at 4 a.m. I work whenever I can work and it makes sense for the balance of my day. And that doesn't mean I don't do things that I need to do for self-care and I don't, you know, work, you know, I don't play with my kids. It means I, I do it when I need to do it in order to get it all in as much as I can in a one week period. Right. So, you know, the expectation is it all doesn't get happen. It does. It doesn't all happen every hour. It doesn't all happen every day. But over time, you've got to build that balance and make it work. I think about the question that I just asked, and I want to make it clear as sort of the male on the show here um, <laughs> that we all thought this would be a, a good uh, topic of conversation yeah. to discuss. But I think there might be a listener or two that might be saying, wow, would you ask that question uh, of a male? who's running their own business, right? You know, work-life balance and all that. Um, you know, so I, I wanted to make that clear right, right out of the gate. I mean, would, would you think that if, if we did not talk about that, uh, Leah, if we hadn't talked about this before the show, would you think that mm -hmm. to be a sexist question mm -hmm. about work-life balance if I ask it of a female executive? I, I think if we, when you point it out, maybe, you know, it's a, it's a good point of conversation, I suppose. But I think women are used to that because again, coming back to that expectation, whether we put it on ourselves or society puts it on us, I think we naturally, we expect questions like that because it's true. We have to be, or we certainly feel like we have to be all things to all people, right? Yeah. I own my own business, but equally so I have three boys to raise, right? And I want to be an active part of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think I suppose, and when you pointed out, it's true. I mean, we don't, we don't often um, see those questions asked of, of male executives or male business owners, um, or maybe it's more of a throwaway question, right? Uh, I think I, I find that too. Yeah. Cause I, I, my husband also has, we started our businesses mm -hmm. at the same time cause we're crazy. That was dumb. <laughs> it was not, that is not something that I would recommend to anyone. We both started businesses at the same time. We didn't have jobs. We had no income and we started businesses. So if you want to say, you know, if you want to make sure you're successful, give yourself zero safety net and then go, <laughs> you'll find success because you have to eat. But, um, we, we've both done this. And so I would say, I don't know anybody who's really asked him about his work-life balance. Right. And, and he's been, you know, an executive in, in the same space as us for, for a long time with other businesses. Um, 
people probably don't ask him that. I wish they would, because it's not like it's because it, mm-hmm. to me, it's not a question we shouldn't answer because we're women or we shouldn't expect. I think we should be expecting that parents get that get that question. The expectation shouldn't mm-hmm. be that my husband, Gabe, gets to go off and do his job with you know, with perfect freedom and no, none of the kind of, uh, family life, uh, responsibilities and boundaries that, that, that exist. I mean, that is absolutely not true of Gabe's life, right? I mean, you know, we have these two businesses, they ebb and flow in terms of, you know, Gabe will be busy traveling. Stephanie will be busy, you know, doing something else. And how do you make that balance within the family? Um, but yeah, I wish I, I, I'm not, worried about women being asked that question, I guess, what I'm saying is I wish more men were asked because they're, they're, you know, men are also a part of this conversation. They're, they're balancing the parenting loads. We see it all the time in our client organizations with, you know, with, uh, you know, people of our generation, right. And managing all of this, it's not, it doesn't just all fall on females. I suppose Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that some of it may be born in sexism, but some of it may be born from reality because I bet it, Ladies, if I line up a hundred of my male friends who have families, like maybe 99 situations, the female is bearing more of the responsibility for the raising of children and such and seem to, I don't know, bring a lot more to the table when it comes to the the whole family workload. So um, it's probably, uh, it's not just... uh, potentially a sexist question. I think there's, there's some, sadly, some realism and, and, and a lot of guys have to pull up their, their socks a little bit, I think is what I'm saying. Perhaps our husbands wish that were the case. For them. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, what was I thinking when I supported this little endeavor? <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a reality (laughs) to their lives, I suppose, but they are incredibly supportive, which is fantastic. And as a result, we get to share the load. But I I remember some of our early conversations too, Stephanie, as we were talking about starting NIRAD and the importance of being women in the space. And I kept saying, but I want to be a woman. Yeah. You know, I want that to be okay. I want to walk into a room uh, and wear what I want to wear and, you know, say what I need to say and bring my female perspective and have that be acceptable, you know? Um, And I think we've really managed to do that. And we've been able to identify where that hasn't been okay. Um, I just, I just bring that up because I think a lot of times you see women trying to cater to the environment or the sector that they're working in and and modify perhaps who they are um, to, to, to fit in. Uh, And I think it's important, certainly moving forward, that women understand that diversity of voice is so important and the role that they play is so important and acknowledge the fact that, yeah, you know what, yeah. we're mothers too. And I really experienced that. It was really interesting being, uh, not to get down into a rabbit hole here, but really um, interesting when I was pregnant in the space, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden now I was like an alien. You know? <laughs> I couldn't just be a business owner, right? Or I couldn't just be a leader in, in our space. Now, all of a sudden, um, I was something else. Now I couldn't hide the fact that yes, in fact, I I, I am a woman. Uh, and anyway, we had so had so many conversations about that, and it's crazy that that's a topic of conversation. But there's a reality. There was a reality to it. Um, there was it, a lot of conversations at the time about even just the events that Leah, when Leah would continue events, when she wouldn't, does that matter to us? Mm -hmm. What does that say? I mean, there was a lot of thought that went into Leah's pregnancy at the time of the business. And, you know, there's something that a male 
would never have to deal with. Right. And, and, and we both knew it was gross that we had to have those conversations. Both of us were on board with having them. Cause it's like, well, what does this mean? And is this going to be awkward? And how do we, how do we manage that? Because that's the one time where, you know, you can't, pretend there isn't another life. Like Mm -hmm. it's right there. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your, your body is changing with the pregnancy and it's obvious to everyone. And, and it does, like Leah said, it's like, Oh, you know, I I went through the same thing with my pregnancies and in the industry, just not, um, not when I was with NIRAD, but you know, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, especially when you're dealing with a lot of, you know, in a male dominated Mm -hmm. sector for sure. Um, but I think, Leah's right. Like things are changing. I I mean, I think back to when I had my first son, who's now 15 and the kinds of discussions around my pregnancy, um, both internal to government and external, uh, you know, meaning the, you know, within some of the, the players in the defense industry were very different, I think, than what Leah, um, experienced now Mm -hmm. 15 years later. And I think that's, you know, that's a real, that's something you got to hang on to because potentially we overthought it, you know, potentially we didn't have to do that Mm -hmm. now, which is probably a good, good sign. Okay. Well, it's time to get random a little bit here because uh, again, this is an introductory episode and we're we're finding out all about our two hosts here. And uh, we thought it'd be fun in the whole get to know you process to get some, uh, get to know you questions, uh, a bit of a lightning round, if you will. Uh, I've, I've hit you with one, the rest of them. I, I literally, good listener. I have not, uh, hit either of our hosts with any of these questions to this point. So are you guys game? Absolutely. Stephanie, you have a look on your face. You have no interest in this. A little nervous. (laughs) I know. Even when you said you've hit me with one, I don't think I read that email. I don't even know what it is. But we'll start with Leah. Oops. We'll start with Leah. Oh, great. Please. Okay, Okay, so we'll go favorite movie and why. Oh, gosh. Um, Shawshank Redemption, I think. That's an oldie, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? One of my favorites. But then, you know what? On the flip side, I would always say, I also love Love Actually. Isn't that a variant? <laughs> it's a little different. Uh, yeah, a little oh, different. No, man. I love Shawshank Redemption. Why? That's a good one. I mean, it's all about freedom, I guess. I, I, I mean, it's just, it was one of those, I think, generational films that no one forgets. It was, it was, it impacted me in a big way. It was great. Get busy no living or get busy dying. That's GD exactly. Wright. Great line. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Stephanie? Man. Um, I spent all of my extra time with my boys watching Marvel movies. So I'm now like right in up to speed. I've watched every Marvel movie, some of them more than once (laughs) I can say, you know, and, and, and so to go back in time and think about what my favorite movie is before this odyssey of my boys taking me through the whole Marvel like (laughs) stories. And I've done them in timeline order. I should mention. So I've got the backstories. Black Widow is up next. Um, But, you know, you know, man, you know, I, I think movies, they, to me, more remind me of the time and place. Like, I don't know why Mystic Pizza. Does anybody even know what that movie is? Like Julia Roberts. Right. It's like her first big movie, right? Mystic Pizza for me was like this time and place in my life with my girlfriends when we were, you know, in elementary school, I think, and just watch that movie, that movie and Dirty Dancing and La Bamba, um, probably, I don't know, a hundred times each. And it just brings me back to, you know, the girlfriends of that small town of Pence and, you know, 
the the times that we had there and you know there's no nothing deeper than that other than the connection that that those movies I brought me th- i think he said this was a lightning round stephanie that was sorry not- sorry you're right i don't i don't do lightning i don't know okay i gotta get better at this next time okay um i know sports you, you both pointed out sports so the the question is sort of partially answered but uh, leah what was your great passion throughout your childhood hockey I, I was right smack in the middle. I had two older brothers, a younger brother, not that that mattered, but they all played hockey. Um, and a uh, small town, again, uh, as, as Stephanie highlighted, every East Coast town um, has, a, has a local hockey arena, right? But uh, yeah, I played competitive hockey all through my childhood and then through university. I played on uh, uh, for Queen's uh, women's hockey team as well. Uh, wow. Not playing currently, but... Um, Soon. Yeah, we'll get back at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back in my beer league this week, so I'm uh, I'm go. pleased about that. Uh, still have the masks on in the dressing room. That's still weird yeah, to me. Weird. Uh, yeah. How about you, Stephanie? I guess sports, right? Yeah, basketball was mine. And I mean, I played lots of other sports, but when, yeah, basketball all the way through and um, loved it. And ironic, and it's really hard to play now because it's all co-ed and I'm a bit of a wimp and now I'm older and I'm scared of getting injured. So I don't play now. Now I play tennis um, and uh, learning pickleball. Like I, huh. that could be a thing for me. I think it's a uh, very, you're aging, you're aging cool. yourself now. So obviously, aging. obviously that's, you, you know, <laughs> that things are changing in, in one's mind and body when, when you're moving, when you're making those transitions. Yeah. I've, I hear so much about pickleball. I've yet to see it, even see it, let alone play it. It's uh it's really been trendy of late for yeah. sure. Um, your favorite travel destination so far and why Leah? Oh, Italy. I've spent mm. a lot of time in Italy, both professionally and personally. Uh, why? I think just culturally, it really resonates with me. I think the people, the food, the just the the quiet, relaxed way of life. And of course, I mean, the wine. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't comment on the wine. But uh, yeah, definitely Italy. You and my wife would get along yeah. well. We've got a trip to Tuscany all <gasps> loaded it up so hopefully that happens sooner oh, rather wow. than later how about you stephanie um i was gonna say italy but i am i just to, to do something a little different than leah uh, i'm gonna say uh, stockholm sweden is at the top of my list of places that i've traveled to and um Gabe and I went there for a very short time and thought, oh, this is a place we have to come back to again and again. We found the culture to be so laid back and relaxed and um, really quite beautiful. And we were there in the summer, which probably is a good thing. And uh, it was it was great. The food was fantastic. Everything was good about it. It was a really fantastic place. I want to go back. Yeah, I've been going to Leah first on these questions. I'm going to skip it back to you, Stephanie, because you've had a chance to well, for, yeah. first she stole one of your answers earlier, okay. so um, so we'll go to you on this one. Yeah, um, Do you have a morning <laughs> ritual? Um, and skipping it is not is non negotiable. Is there a morning ritual you have like that? Yeah, it really is that first cup of coffee. I, and it's it's like, it's the quiet time in my house. I wake up long before anybody else does. And it's just sitting on the couch. I read the New York Times. I sometimes do the mini crossword because I'm not yet good at the big one. And, you know, reading kind of the headlines and, and digging into some of the stories of the day and having that first cup of coffee. And, you know, from there, things go in different directions. I might work out, I might walk, I might do a lot of other things, but that is non-negotiable. I need that quiet time in the morning. Leah. Oh my gosh, I wish that was my morning ritual. I mean, <laughs> I have a 13-month-old, so. <laughs> um, 
Co- I mean, coffee, absolutely. Leaders of it, um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, normally I would say I'm up early. I like to do my workouts in the morning and and a couple of cups of coffee before anyone's awake. But these days, my little guy is, is beating me to the to the punch and I'm usually up and around the house with him. But coffee is, is not even non-negotiable. It's essential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie, what are you really good at that's pretty much useless? Oh, that's a good one. Really good at that's pretty much useless. Lego. <laughs> I'm really good at putting together Lego. You could ask my voice. Like a master Lego, like a master builder kind of. Like what's Lego. the best thing you've ever built out of Lego? Oh, well, it's always collaborative with the boys, right? Okay. Um, but we've done a lot of big projects, like mostly around the Star Wars big, you know, the the big Star Wars things and um uh, the, lately the family project was actually, we did a map of the world. Um, oh. it was about, I can't remember 10, it was over 10,000 pieces. I can't remember if it was 12 or 18,000 pieces. Um, it'll go up on the wall down, downstairs where we can put all the places we've been and all the places we want to go. So that's kind of the latest family project. Thank you very much, COVID. Yeah. Yes. Thank <laughs> you, <right>. COVID. <laughs> yeah. And you, Leah? Everything I do is useful, actually, Steve. So, uh, <laughs> I see that. I see that. Uh, arts and crafts, maybe. I don't know. I, like, I do a lot of that. I, I love to draw, paint, things like that. Uh, but nothing that I would hang on the wall. So I suppose it's useless, right? <laughs> All right. Let's close it out uh, with this one. You just won $200 million in the lottery besides mm-hmm. retire. What's the first thing you're going to do, Stephanie? Oh, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to go um, just somewhere quiet and warm probably and, you know, like a Hawaii kind of place, assuming there's no COVID. And I'm going to buy a big house on water. That's a, that's that's what I'm going to do first. And Leah? Well, I'm on water now. Not quite, almost. We will be. So I think I need to, uh, I think I need to be buy a big boat, big yacht of some yeah. kind and, uh, yeah. you know, spend my extra time out there. There you go. Excellent idea. All right. Well, as we wrap things up today, um, let's uh, let's leave folks with this um, because it is our first episode. Uh, what do you each hope the audience takes away from this podcast? As we move forward, uh, future episodes are going to feature uh, some really interesting women as we go. But uh, Stephanie, we'll start with you. What do you hope the audience takes away from this podcast? Um, really, I hope the audience can can learn a little bit more about how women view their paths. Um, so I guess that's for the male audience. Um, and for the female audience, I really hope they can see themselves reflected in some of the stories that they hear. Um, and some of these interesting people, regardless of their stage of life, right? Especially if you've got young women kind of early in career or thinking about whether they want a career or not, um, to, to hear these, these interesting women talk about their path and what they wanted versus what they got out of life and, and say, you know what, it's, you know, the, any, any of these paths can work. And I think that's what I hope everybody can see themselves reflected in. Yeah, I think just making sure that, yeah, there's something relatable that they see themselves. I agree with what Stephanie has, has said and, and that uh, success is different for everyone and defining what that looks like again, both, both pre- professionally and personally, um, you know, it, it, it's different for everyone. Everyone's path looks a bit different. And, um, I, I, I get, just think thinking specifically about the female audience, the importance of a female network and, um, you know, recognizing other successes and, and recognizing, you know, the realm of the possible, I suppose. 
All right. Well, that's a fine place to call it a day here on Good Company. And uh, thanks for a great conversation today, I think, for our maiden voyage. Uh, and we'll call it, it's actually happening on Leah's fictional boat. Um, <laughs> Love it. I thought it went really well. <laughs> and uh, we shall talk to you ladies again in our next episode. Thanks, Steve. Right. That was fun. Thanks, Steve. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We invite you to follow or subscribe to the show. Automatically be notified when a new episode has been published. You can learn more about Leah and Stephanie at their company website, nyrad.ca. That's uh, spelled, by the way, N-Y-R-A-D, nyrad.ca. Thank you so much for being with us. You've been good company. We'll talk to you in our next episode.